The download is complete. Welcome to the AV Forums podcast, presented by Jason Bradbury. Welcome to the 15th and last AV Forums podcast. But don't worry, this podcast is continuing, but with a new name, AV Podcast, a new format and a weekly schedule. More details coming up. In this episode, we've got the usual home cinema hardware, DVD and gaming news, reviews of My Name Is Earl Season 1 on DVD and House of Wax on HD DVD, and an interview with Samsung. This week's... This week's... Audio-Visual News In the news this time, new 1080p upscaling DVD players from Marantz and Denon, a 1080p projector from Sony, a video streaming box from Apple, and wireless headphones from Philips. Palaver about the new disc formats in recent weeks, we thought we'd take a break from both Blu-ray and HD DVD and get back down to earth with a proven technology that you can actually buy right now. You might have heard of it. It's called DVD. Thanks to upscaling, an increasing number of DVD players have the ability to make your bog-standard discs look almost as good as the incoming high-definition titles. But while the upscaled pictures are getting better, the prices of some of these players are dropping lower. Take Marantz. It wasn't long ago that the brand's only 1080p capable DVD player would set you back 1600 quid. But now the DV6001 has been announced with a very enticing £350 price point. It still promises to make your old DVDs look better than ever with 720p, 1080i, and 1080p, and could be an ideal way of hedging your bets until the latest format skirmishes have been resolved. At the other end of the price scale, Denon has the stunning new DVD-3930, an upscaling battleship of a universal player. Standard DVD can be enhanced using Silicon Optics Realtor T2 XQV picture improvement circuitry, powered by Terranex, which upscales the video to full HD 1080p. Denon is very smug when pointing out that this is the same technology that American HD TV networks use when they want to upscale non-HD material for broadcast. And then if you bought the Terranex technology separately, it would set you back a nosebleed-inducing £35,000. All that in a DVD player that will cost you just £1,100. With all this upscaling going on, you'll be wanting a top-notch display to watch it on. And there are a few more interesting products on their way than Sony's VPL VW50 projector. It's high-end, high-definition, and highly desirable, especially with its groundbreaking 15,000 to 1 contrast ratio. But the great feature count doesn't stop there, with not one, but two HDMI inputs and a whisper quiet 22 dB operation. The projector uses SXRD, or Silicon XTAL Reflective Display Technology, in which three 1920x1080 SXRD panels are used to produce 6.22 megapixels of resolution. Advanced Iris 2 lets users fine-tune the contrast manually or select between two automatic modes, while the 200-watt ultra-high-pressure lamp produces better colour reproduction. 
The price hasn't been announced yet, though as you can imagine, for those kinds of specs, it's not going to be cheap. But not all movies are high definition, and among a batch of recent Apple announcements was the news that early next year the company is launching what it currently refers to as ITV. This neat little box of tricks will allow you to stream videos bought from Apple's new movie download service, not only between your computer and video iPod, but to your TV screen as well. Whether any of us want the 640x480 downloads, which cost more than the price of a DVD, playing on our lovely new LCD or plasma is open to debate, but it's interesting that at the same time high def is coming of age, low def is rearing its ugly, pixelated head. Elsewhere in the murky world of crossover technology, those lucky to buy the new Nintendo Wii will be upset with the news that the console won't have support for high definition of any flavour. In fact, it won't even play DVDs, with no sign of the rumoured movie support upgrade at launch. But there's better news for people in the Xbox 360 camp, with news that the long-awaited HD DVD deck will be here before Christmas. It's predicted to have a £200 price tag, which includes two HD DVD movies, and there may even be a new version of the console with the drive built in. And finally, if you're not the type who likes to share their entertainment, Philips' new wireless surround sound headphones look like the ideal solution for your cinema solitude. The SHC8585S headphones use FM wireless transmission and come with their own docking station, which allows you to keep them safe when not in use and also recharge them for your next movie moment. They're available now and cost just £90. You're listening, you're listening, you're listening to the AV Forums podcast. The AV Forums, AV Forums. DVD news and review roundup with Phil Hinton. First up is a plethora of high definition news. On October 10th, Warner Brothers are releasing five HD DVD titles and two Blu ray titles. HD fans can look forward to Corpse Bride, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, The Polar Express and Batman Begins, while Blu-ray fans can look forward to Syriana and 16 Blocks. This is superb news, as Batman Begins is one of the most eagerly anticipated HD movies, and if that's not exciting enough, it will also have a Dolby True HD 5.1 soundtrack. Personally, I can't wait for this. Now roll on the Matrix in true HD sound. And sticking with HD, Warners have also announced the release of Superman the Movie and the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2 on November 28th. They will contain the same extras as the DVD equivalent, and while the Blu-ray versions haven't been mentioned as yet, it's likely an announcement for these will be very soon. Not only do HD DVD owners have the original Superman movies to look forward to, but November 28th is shaping up to be Super Day, because Superman Returns is coming out on DVD, HD DVD and Blu-ray as well. With a three-hour documentary on the making of the movie, this is going to be a very expensive day for Superman fans. If you're only a DVD owner at this moment in time, and a Superman fan, then don't fret because yes, on November 28th, Warners are releasing the Ultimate Superman Collection. A huge 14-disc set containing the four Christopher Reeve movies, including both versions of Superman 2 and the two-disc edition of Superman Returns, is available in a nice steel box. 
priced at $100, this should be a great set to buy, and even better, to receive as a Christmas gift. And if November 28th wasn't looking busy enough, Universal are launching yet another four HD DVD titles on this day. Get ready for An American Werewolf in London, June, Meet the Parents and the 1999 version of The Mummy. While they may not be the biggest titles around, it's good to see such a huge schedule for the new format. And don't forget you can keep up to date with all the latest breaking DVD and HD news on avplay.com. And from next week, with the new format for the AV podcast, we'll be introducing the AV Play review team. Hi, my name's Kaz Harlow, and I'm a reviewer for AV Play. Hi, I'm Seth Gecko. Hi, I'm uh, Chris Macanini. I'm a reviewer for AV Play. Hi, I'm Simon Crust. I'm a reviewer for AV Play, and I'm also responsible for the Region 1 News. So stay tuned for the AV podcast due next week. And that's your DVD news. This week's DVD Reviews. You know the kind of guy who does nothing but bad things and then wonders why his life sucks? Well, that was me. Every time something good happened to me, something bad was always waiting around the corner. Karma. That's when I realized I had to change. So I made a list of everything bad I've ever done, and one by one I'm going to make up for all my mistakes. I'm just trying to be a better person. My name is Earl. My name is Errol on Region 1, and shortly on Region 2 DVD, features Jason Lee as Errol Hickey, a good-for-nothing redneck who steals his way through life. He's a person who nothing good happens to unless there's something bad following it. Case in point, he wins $100,000 on a lottery scratch card, only to get hit by a passing car. While recuperating in hospital, he's watching TV and hears Carson Daly mention that all his good luck comes down to karma. Enel takes this sentiment literally and decides to right all the wrongs that he's done in his life, simply so life will finally be good to him. He creates a list containing all of the 200 plus things he needs to correct and with the help of his brother Randy and the maid Catalina, he does just that. The only problem is his ex-wife. Joy is after his money, and the things he needs to fix aren't always as simple as they appear to be. Lee will be instantly recognisable to Kevin Smith fans, as will Ethan Suppy from Smith's Malrat, and it's these two that fuel the show with their dumb but lovable characters. Jamie Presley and Nadina Velanquez play Joy and Catalina, and both provide a comic foil and some very welcome eye candy. If Miss Presley is single and listening, call me. The thing with this show is that it's not 100% laugh out loud funny, but it is amusing and generally great fun. Standout moments include locking themselves in the photocopier room with the photocopier, Randy talking to the prisoner in jail, or just the beginning where Errol gets hit with the car. It's not a long show either, being around 25 minutes an episode, so it doesn't outstay its welcome. With an anamorphic transfer, this is a great looking disc with no grain or artefacts present. Of course, it's only a year old show, so realistically, there's no excuse for it to look bad, and it doesn't. Even the colours are bright and vivid, check out the yummy donuts with their rather luminous pinks and blues. Sound is courtesy of a Dolby Digital 5.1 soundtrack, and while it's not the most lively you'll ever hear, it's perfectly fine. 
Dialogue is clear at all times and the music gives the show a perfect accompaniment. So, it's fun but not full of belly laughs, but there's no complaints here from me, even less so when the girls are on screen. This title scores a solid 8 out of 10. This week's DVD Reviews. House of Wax on HD DVD is a remake of the classic Vincent Price movie, albeit slightly adapted for the MTV generation. We witness a group of young, attractive people and Paris Hilton going on a road trip to watch a football game. On the way, they set up camp just outside a small town where the titular house resides. Due to some problems with their vehicle, they investigate the town and slowly start getting killed one by one. I can't say that this is a good movie remake at all, nor can I say it's really a good movie either. It's actually pretty poor, and I'm being polite. The main selling point of the movie is Alicia Cuthbert, fresh from being Jack Boer's daughter, and the girl next door. Only problem is, she's not a very good actress, but at least she's pleasing on the eye. Unlike the other eye candy, Paris Hilton, whose acting skills suck more than she does when a camcorder is pointed at her, Yes, dear listener, she's more wooden than a 2x4. Other notable actors are Chad Michael Murray from One Tree Hill and Jared Padalecki from Supernatural. As stated, it appeals to the MTV generation, who want style way above any form of substance. There is a bit of gore, but it's all watered down for the truly scary 15 rating. From an HD point of view, this isn't an exceptional disc. Occasionally dust specs are noticeable, as is grain, although it's more to do with the film itself rather than the transfer. However, after watching this in 1080, I have to be honest and say that while it's sharper, it isn't a vast leap in comparison to the DVD version. Maybe it's a case of not enough TLC when the disc was mastered, or maybe it's just the low budget really does show through. Even the audio track is nothing to write home about, being equal to, but not an improvement over the original DVD. So we have an abysmal movie with an uninspiring HD outing, which means that, at the very best, this scores a 3 out of 10. The biggest news and DVD reviews every week. You're listening to the AV Forums Podcast. Gaming news. First up, we have some PlayStation 3 news with two big announcements this week. The first is that the 20 gigabyte model will now come equipped with an HDMI socket. This is a huge turnaround from Sony since they issued the specs a few months ago. The U-turn may be down to the stiff competition they're facing from Nintendo and Microsoft, or maybe down to consumer pressure. The other big announcement is the price reduction in Japan for this model. It's now going to sell for 49,980 yen, which is around 225 pounds. So you've also mentioned that the 60GB unit will have a price reduction also, which seems to highlight Sony's nervousness. The weekend just gone saw Guild War fans previewing the next chapter, called Nightfall, for the first time in a PvE environment. Previously only PvP was available, but gamers got their first taste of Eleanor, the new continent, and having spoken to a couple of gamers online, the general opinion is that it's better than factions, and that it's on a par with the original prophecies. This is excellent news, as a lot of people felt that Factions was too short and that the preview for that game showed too much too early. Look for the regular and collector's editions to hit the streets 
on October the 27th. Ubisoft finally announced the name of their Far Cry game for the Nintendo Wii. Far Cry Vengeance will take full advantage of the innovative Wii Remote and Nunchuck, which will allow players to drive, shoot, jump and slash their way through the tropical jungles infested with rebels. The good news is that it isn't just a port of the original game, as it will feature a new storyline with new maps and weapons. No release date just yet, but this should appeal to all you first-person shooters. Finally, September 29th is the launch date of HMV's own gaming magazine. The imaginatively titled HMV Games will be a 40-page publication produced every two to three months, aimed at both hardcore and casual gamers. Don't be surprised to see a money-off coupon or two inside. The highest definition. 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 This is the AV Forums Podcast. The AV Forums Podcast Special Feature. In this week's special feature, we're speaking to Samsung Electronics, one of the world's biggest consumer electronics firms. Answering our questions are Steve Mitchell, Rob Shaw, and Andrew Griffiths. I started by asking Steve which HD disc format Samsung will be supporting. Well, Samsung is very much supporting Blu-ray disc. Uh, we're a founder member of the format and also a member of the Blu-ray Disc Association. Uh, and the reason for that is that we believe Blu-ray is the more powerful format of the two formats available in the market uh, and offers more benefits to the consumer. And how do you see the, the format war which is going on at the moment? Do you see, how do you see that ending? Well, we don't really see it as a format war. It's uh, quite reminiscent of the uh, supposed war between RAM and the RW formats with DVD recorder. Uh, that war, uh, as such, wasn't really a war. The two formats coexist in the marketplace. And we think in the high-definition area that will happen with Blu-ray and HD DVD. What we think will happen is Blu-ray will be the more successful of the two, uh, but I think we'll also see universal products coming out over the next couple of years as well. So both will coexist in the marketplace. Why do you see Blu-ray being the, the more successful? Uh, we think it just offers the uh, extra advantages, so the uh, higher recording uh, capacity on the disc, uh, the different, uh, the full 1080p resolution, and just other uh, more user-friendly features. So of the two formats, we just feel Blu-ray is the stronger. When will your first player be available in the UK, and what kind of price tag will it be? Uh, Samsung is looking to launch its first player, the BDP-1000, uh, in October of this year. So uh, we will be the first or one of the first to market in Europe with a Blu-ray player. Uh, in terms of pricing, it's uh, something I can't comment on for the UK market, but I know that in the European markets, uh, there's a recommended price of €12.99 on the product. And will there be any differences between the, the UK model and the model which is available from the US at the moment? Uh, it's fundamentally the same model that's available in Europe as has been available in the US, just with the obvious uh, changes to the PAL system and the region coding as well. The player that you will launch it will be region coded for HD material, is that correct? Uh, that's correct, yes. And for DVD, will that still be region coded as well? Will it be able to handle NTSC discs? That's something I can't answer at this point. I can come back to you on that one. Yeah, no problem. If consumers are unable to obtain multi-region players, do you think that will have a negative effect on player sales in the in Europe? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, it's 
you know, it, it, this isn't a new situation for us. We've had it, we've been through it already with the standard definition DVD products, and it certainly didn't uh, halt the development of that market, which is the most uh, rapidly developed consumer electronics market in recent years. So uh, I don't see it as a major problem. There will obviously be uh, some unhappiness for the from the real top-end early adopters, uh, but it's something which uh, I don't think will cause major problems for us longer term or anybody else in the market. Obviously, early adopters are who build the market basically for you, and especially with something like an HD format, which is going to be a niche format for, for a little time anyway in the UK. Do you feel that if you put restrictions on that market, you may actually damage your, your prospects? As I said, I think there will be some negative reaction. I don't see it that we are putting the restrictions on. Obviously, hardware can't succeed without the support of software. And uh, from a software point of view, region coding is something that's required to give the support to the different high-definition formats. So it's something we have to work alongside. Uh, as I said earlier, I'm sure there will be some negative comments as there were with region coding on standard definition DVD, but I don't see it as a major long-term problem which will hold back the development of the format. How do you see the Blu-ray market developing in Europe then? Uh, I think it's going to develop quite rapidly. Uh, I think pricing obviously over the next few years will start to come down and the products will become more affordable to the mass market. Uh, so there will be very strong development of high-definition sources, which is driven by the already large install base of high-definition-ready panels. Uh, and I think over the medium term, uh, Blu-ray players will be very strong, but obviously we'll start to see Blu-ray recorder product coming through as well. But probably over the next four or five years, players will remain the larger sector of the market. Do you think having two formats um, will confuse the key? consumer maybe damage the market? Uh, I think it's a little bit confusing. It would be nice for everybody in the industry to agree and have one single format, but uh, you know we're in a competitive situation, so there will always be competing formats. Uh, I think, unfortunately, it is a little bit consumer, uh, confusing for consumers, but that's not something that will hold back the development of the market. It just means a uh, uh, more of, more work for the retailer to explain the benefits of the two systems and uh, point the consumer in the right direction. Do you ever see yourself um, going on to producing HD DVD players? I don't think that's something we would do as standalone products. I mean, we are looking at universal uh, type products, no firm plans at the moment, but it's some, certainly something that's been looked at. And as I mentioned earlier, I think universal products is something we will see coming out over the next uh, one or two years. Can you please tell us about the uh, the new DVD players that you have in your range this year? Yeah, our focus on DVD players has very much been on upscaling technology. Uh, Samsung doesn't operate in the entry area of the DVD player market. It's a very aggressively priced, commodity-orientated market. We'd much rather focus on the higher-end DVD player products, and we wish to offer the upscaling technology partnered with HDMI to offer the best uh, partnership with our flat panel technologies. And what technology do the Samsung DVD players use to upscale uh, standard def? Uh, we've used a variety of chips in our products. Uh, perhaps the, the best known is the Ferruja 
uh, upscaling chip, which we've uh, used in the past and, uh, and are still using on certain models as well and will be using going forward. So we are looking at which chips are best for upscaling and uh, using those in our products. Given that DVD is now probably considered old technology, it's been around nearly, uh, nearly 10 years now, how do you progress the technology in future players? I think uh, with the new high-definition formats coming out uh, this year, but still being relatively expensive for the mass market, there's a place for upscaling DVD players in the market uh, this year, certainly next year, and even probably into the year after. So our focus is very much on offering uh, the best picture resolution by upscaling until the Blu-ray format becomes much more mass market. Rob, have you had any issues with Sky HD and your TVs? And if so, how have you been tackling the issue? Uh, We've had um, no reported issues at all with um, the new Sky HD format. Uh, In fact, we were actually involved with Sky um, on the pre-tests before they actually launched the service. Um, you know, to basically make sure that, that no uh, problems would be forthcoming. Um, and uh, a clean bill of health was given to us by the Sky engineers. So we had, have absolutely no problems there at all. So you haven't had any, any feedback from consumers with the, the HDMI-related problems recently? No, none at all. Do you see Sky HD as a, a real platform for HD to become popular? Well, I mean, if, if we look at Sky and, and the format or the programming that they offer, um, in the US, for example, sport was the major driver of HD. Now, considering um, Sky pretty much have a monopoly and all genre of, of sport available in the UK, you could, you could probably say that there's a, a good chance that it, it will become popular from that point of view. Um, nothing's ever guaranteed, but I would say that there's a, a fair chance that it will become popular through the through the Sky format. And televisions, can you tell us about your new TVs, which were announced recently in, Jap- in Germany? Yeah, uh, out in IFA, uh, you may or may not be aware, but at the moment we have um, our current range out in the market is what we would say is our mainstream range and is dominating that particular market segment. Um, something that's been in the pipeline for a while is a new range of what we call step-up and premium uh, products on offer. Um, our new range um, both offers greater connectivity, uh, what with the, the constant convergent um, question out there, uh, meaning more connectivity, more HDMI connectivity available, multi-memory card slots to interface with other portable devices. Um, so we have a range of these uh, models coming out uh, in uh, this month. We also have in October to complement uh, what Stephen's talked about with Blu-ray, we have a range of 1080p um, resolution panels in both 40 and 46 inch coming out in October. So we, we you know, can truly say that we are the first uh, within the UK market to offer the whole um, 1080p uh, solution. And which panels um, do you see as being the more popular? Is it LCD or is it plasma? Well, it's, it's always uh, that's a bit of a, a difficult one because one thing with popularity of LCD is that it, it's obviously more ubiquitous and you can have it in, la- in different screen sizes, uh, all the way down to 15 inch to up to sort of 70 inch. Uh, plasma tends to only be in larger screen sizes, so um, total popularity is obviously restricted. But, but we tend to find at the moment that 
we've got pretty much even, you know, it's sort of um, even Stevens on 42-inch plasmas and 40-inch LCDs. I think the only comment would be that since we've turned um, the market's gone flat panel, people are starting to move up to larger screens. So 40, 42-inch is a feasible and popular size. When do you see 1080p technology being the standard within the industry? Well, I think to reiterate maybe something Stephen mentioned, um, I think content's the driver, and I think more importantly here, uh, affordable content. Um, as he's already mentioned with, with Blu-ray at the moment, it's, it's niche because of its price point. Um, it will develop over the next few years. No doubt prices will come down. It will become more affordable. It will become more mainstream. The, these sort of things, when this happens, is what starts driving something to become a, a standard within the industry. So from, from our side, if we look at it from a, from a panel point of view, the content and how easily and how affordably people can get that uh, 1080p content will obviously drive the industry on the panel side. So, and, Andrew, what effects has the growth of the internet, both in sales and pre-sales research by consumers, had on your home cinema business? I think uh, a very positive one. The overall growth in sales of the internet has given people access to more information and a wider breadth of knowledge, um, particularly for the whole home entertainment area, Phil. So whether that's home cinema, flat panel, DVD recorders, all of these areas are being used actively to research and build consumer confidence in in that whole experience now. Does Samsung have a policy of blocking um, internet sales of its high-end equipment? No, we do not uh, at all. In fact, uh, research shows us that uh, high-end equipment is especially popular on the internet, and uh, we encourage that. How do you provide customer services then for people who buy um, high-end kit on the internet? We look to work with the strong internet players who provide a strong customer interface and backup service. And there are uh, uh, a very strong set of established retailers who we can trust to work with us and provide good service for consumers. And uh, we're happy that that's uh, going on in the marketplace today. How do you think the, the growth in downloadable content from the internet, how do you think that will affect sales of the, the silver disc players? I think it's a fascinating one, and the, the digital media, digital music consumer is a difficult one to sort of put in any kind of box. Uh, they're quite elusive to tie down into their buying patterns, and I think that's largely because they're into all kinds of music consumption. When you look at it, um, they use uh, their music download sites to some extent, not extensively, and some recent research showed, I think, from Jupiter that uh, only 17% of iPod users, for example, regularly download sites, uh, tracks from um, uh, iTunes. There's a mixed consumption uh, aligned with that, which is much more about copying tracks from CDs um, and also still some of the file sharing that is inevitably part of that culture. Overall, music sales uh, appear to be healthy, and uh, we think that's because, in the end, they're they're music consumers, and they like music from every source. Do you see movies going the same way as music has in the past? Difficult to see what those services are going to be yet. We haven't seen much evidence of that. But there is a pattern there, I think, which is established, yes, that uh, uh, there is a movement across different 
channels to access that film and uh, and consume that film in different ways. But let's see what the real services are like uh, before before that becomes more clear. We recently ran a, a feature on piracy, and, and while we're talking about downloads, it might be a good mm. idea at this point just to ask you, you know, what your views are at the moment on the market in terms of uh, pirated content and so on. What what can Samsung do to help uh, with that cause? Well, we've got ongoing uh, policy to uh, to join in in industry standards in terms of. Um, uh, digital rights management, and so we're all part of uh, part of those schemes. We don't encourage piracy at all, of course. Have you experienced more growth in the medium to high-end home cinema models recently? I think we have, and I think that's led by the the flat panel revolution that's going on. People are getting more into high-definition ready sets, and that's generally driven by uh, larger screen sizes, which further encourages a, a home cinema uh, experience. And certainly the boom in our LCD and plasma sales is matched by mid to high end uh, growth in home cinema models also. Um, so we're just as excited about that, bis- that business as the, the television business that's growing now. How important is, a, is an internet site such as ours, AV Forums, for a company like Samsung to get feedback and so on from its consumers? Are, are you a regular visitor to the AV Forums? I am. I'll encourage all my marketing staff to be, all the product managers, uh, to access it, I know, on a regular basis, and uh, they will get involved in the dialogue, uh, rightly so, to maybe answer questions or pick up particular queries that uh, that are raised on the site. So. Yeah, we're we're regular users, and uh, we enjoy the immediacy uh, and the genuine level of feedback that comes through from there. So, uh, I mean, we're, we're moving into the future now in standard definition DVD players, standard definition televisions, and CRT TVs. Uh, it's inevitable these things are, are are going to disappear from from the shelves. How do you see that happening with Samsung? Well, we'll follow the market trend, and clearly in the UK there's a big uh, switch over, digital switch over plan through to 2012 in the final regions, uh, including the London area. Um, so already our sales are focused on digitally uh, uh, ready products and free view enhanced products, and that will continue to build. Um, there's a great deal of penetration in UK homes already. Uh, as a premium brand, Samsung products automatically lean that way and uh, is, is very much the high proportion of our business, even at this relatively early stage in 2006. Do you think that PC-based media centers are, are going to play a big part in the future? We've already spoken about downloadable mm. content and so on. Do you see that be, maybe replacing the uh, optical disk systems? I think there's a there's a PC technology uh, that's going to drive the home network, um, particularly when we get into the multiple screen options and the different media that consumers will want to drive through the home, whether that's internet usage or games usage or um, you know genuine uh, HD broadcasting as that comes through for different films and content. Um, I think where that surfaces in the product is still to be determined um, and uh, what what guise it takes is yet to be clear. But uh, yes, PC, PC technology will be a part of that for sure. 
And what forthcoming Samsung home entertainment products can you tell us about today? Well, we've just had the show in Berlin. Uh, There's a big uh, show over there called EFA every year, and we've really enhanced further the news of that 2006 products, which are, are all about options that bring together the design of the TV and the home cinema and enhance that uh, HD experience with, with great sound options. So the 2006 models are, are ongoing uh, through this calendar year. What TV technologies do you think might be around when we reach 2010? Now there's a $64,000 question. You know, we're just concentrating on getting 2007 right and uh, one step at a time. The great thing is there are there is a terrific amount of change going on. There's a great velocity to the market. So there are bound to be more and more exciting products coming through uh, each year. 2010 is a long way off so far. Andrew, I want to thank yourself, Steve and Rob, for taking part today uh, in the AV Forums podcast. Thank you very much. Phil, it's our pleasure, and thanks very much for your time. You're listening to the AV Forums podcast. Contact the AV Forums podcast. Email podcast at avforums.com. Now, this time next week, we launch the all-new AV podcast, We've dropped the name AV Forums Podcast because although we take AV hardware news and reviews from the AV Forums, we also source DVD and gaming news and reviews from AV Play. A new approach replaces scripted items with unscripted discussions between the news writers and reviewers themselves. Plus, we'll be inviting forum members to take part in discussions and debates. The result will be a more entertaining and informative podcast with the same high production values you've come to expect. So tune in each Friday. And that just about wraps up the 15th AV Forums podcast. This is Jason Bradbury saying thanks for listening. Stay subscribed and tell your friends. The AV Forums podcast was presented by Jason Bradbury and written by John Archer. The DVD News and Reviews Roundup was written and presented by Phil Hinton with gaming news written by Damon Dove. Original music by Andrew Bassett. The podcast was produced and mixed by Phil Hinton and the executive producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Forums podcast is copyright M2N Limited.